greeting from the Havamal. From 2, the poem of sexual intrigue. Such is the love of a woman, those of mercurial mind. It's similar to driving a smooth-shod steed over slippery ice. A cultish one, barely two winters old, who is tamed poorly, or sailing in high winds with a rudderless boat, or trying to catch, whilst limping, a reindeer over liquid frost slopes. I speak now openly, because I have the experience with both. Men's minds are duplicitous toward women, too. We may speak with graceful loquacity, but our motives are fallacious. The wise mind can seduce and entice. One must speak gracefully and offer up wealth if one wants the love of a woman. Praise the body of the bewitching young woman. Flattery will get you everywhere. No man should ever admonish another for love. Often the wise are struck when the foolish are not desire roused by one so fair. There is no reason to reproach another for what is common among many men. Even the wisest men are made into fools by that potent urge. Only the mind that knows that which lies deep in the heart answers can only be found within. There is no worse affliction for any wise man than being unable to be content with oneself. That I soon experienced when sat screened by reeds. Hoping for the object of my desire, I desired both the flesh and the heart of that wise young girl, but I did not succeed. Billings' girl I found on the bed, radiant and asleep. A nobleman's delight meant nothing to me. I desired only to possess that body. As dusk approaches, you should return, Odin. If you wish to speak with me, each desire will be yours, unless others discover that shame that we share together. I quickly vanished. With thoughts of desire, away from assured delight, I was convinced that I would have all of her spirit and pleasure. I returned as instructed. Night had crept in. But the battle-ready guards were all awake, with burning torches and bearing wood. I had been appointed the path of misery. But come dawn, I doubled back, and found the hall's warriors asleep. I was confronted by a bitch, tied atop that good woman's bed, by a length of rope. Many a good girl, once you know her more intimately, reveals a fickle mind toward men. I found out that, when I attempted to entice that shrewd woman into debauchery, every imaginable disgrace did that clever woman subject me to, and I didn't even have her. One should be glad at home, and cheerful when in company, whilst discreet about himself, with a fine memory and articulate, if he wants to be very wise. He should speak of good tidings often. Imbecilic is reserved for those with little to say, simply the nature of a fool. I sought an ancient giant and managed to return. Silence would have served me poorly. I spoke a great many words in my own interest within Suttinger's halls. From upon her golden seat, 
Gunlod gave me a drink of the venerable mead. It was but poor reward that I gave her in return. Her devotion gained her little but anguish. Rata's mouth let me gnaw through, and snaked through rock and stone, over and under, proceeded the giant's passage. This is how I wagered my head. I have made fine use of cleverly acquired complexion. There is little that the wise need, because Odor is now unearthed from an age beneath the ground. I am sure that I would have survived the giant's grounds if I had not taken advantage of Gunluth, that fine woman who I put my arm around. The very next day, the ice giants went to ask the High One's advice in the High One's hall. They inquired about Boldvarker and whether he was among the gods or if Sudinger had instead eradicated him. I was led to understand that Odin had sworn a ring oath. How could his word be trusted? Sudinger was left betrayed at the feast and Gunloth left to wept.